time for the Plank Show. Let's go to work, brother! It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Ah, baby. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer here with Connor Pasby. Chris Plank obviously making his way back from softball. So uh, he is he is out, not with us today. And he was, uh, I believe, live and on the air, as always, for the, the Super Bowl last night. So he is uh, making his way back to Norman and the Oklahoma City Metro. So no Chris Plank today. The Chiefs win. The Chiefs win a thriller, Super Bowl 57, and 38-35 the final. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP for the second time in a Super Bowl. First time since 1999 that somebody, what, won the regular season MVP and then turned around and won Super Bowl MVP. So Mahomes, even though Philadelphia – really to perfection executed the let's play keep away game from Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City and in a weird way in the moment the defensive score the the, the first one uh, looked like Kansas City was going to have two they wound up with just the one for Nick Bolton it was almost I mean obviously it was a huge mistake for Jalen Hurts it was well defended Bolton's right there and all of a sudden Hurts coughs the football up. It's it's the only bad play, really, that Jalen Hurts made all night. And yet, in a weird way, I wondered in the moment and a little bit afterwards, is it is it almost a good thing for Philadelphia that it's just one, one more series, and if they execute, it just keeps Patrick Mahomes away from the football a little bit longer. The, the first half was that way. Philadelphia did not let Kansas City – Possessed the football, so that portion of it was executed to perfection. Philadelphia takes, uh, obviously, the 10-point the halftime lead. And then, again, even though Mahomes didn't throw for a bunch, in part because Philly was so good in that regard, Connor, Mahomes did what Mahomes does. He authors another double-figure comeback win. The uh, Chiefs score on every possession after halftime. And uh, the, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. The question, of course, is this. Was the game marred by the defensive holding late? Probably you've got a good inkling where I lean on this situation. As a Kansas City Chiefs fan, the defensive holding was the proper call. Now, the timing of it, how the game had been officiated to that point, Sure. You can you can have some wiggle room there. You could be, as a fan, as a neutral observer, or as an Eagles fan or whatever, either of those two, absolutely I get the frustration and outrage. It's a classic Super Bowl, and it feels like it boiled down to that call. Even though it really didn't, it feels that way, right? Final moments, you don't get a chance. Because of that, that flag... You, you don't get the chance to see Jalen Hurts get one more chance to possess the football. And I got news for you. After what, what I watched for the majority of last night, 
timeouts or no timeouts, I don't have a lot of confidence that Kansas City's keeping Jalen Hurts out of the end zone or Philadelphia at least from driving and kicking a game-tying field goal. It, w- it would have been cool to see Jalen get the ball back, but, I, yeah, Josh, I hate that call late in the game. You were letting so many – you are letting them be physical all night, it felt like, in that Super Bowl. And for that call to happen right there in that moment of the game on a third down, then you would have the Chiefs uh, kick a field goal. But I, I hate it. I would like to see Jalen get the ball back for a chance to either tie or uh, go for the win. But overall, I mean, it was, a, it was a great game, though, between the Eagles and the Chiefs. That was, that was definitely a classic. You just hate for it to, you know, obviously come down to a call like that. Man, it is incredible, incredible how well Jalen Hurts, saved for one play, played in the game. And when Philadelphia drafted him in the second round, we saw firsthand the the type of leadership, right, that, that Jalen Hurts imbued in the Sooner program. We, we, we saw his maturity, his work ethic. I didn't think there's any chance that Jalen Hurts in the National Football League was going to wind up being perhaps one of the league's preeminent stars. And last night maybe the best player on the field in a Super Bowl and yet Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts was that he is that and it's going to be interesting to see going forward is this just a a big missed opportunity that slipped through the Eagles hands because hey look at it whichever way you you want to look at it and I see a couple of responses already rolling in the defensive holding penalty is it's going to frustrate people because of the timing of it and you didn't get to see Jalen Hurts and that offense get one final crack at it. But the bottom line is, defensively, the Eagles stunk. They did not play in well second in the second half. half. No. Well, this point from Sooner Gundy right here: the Chiefs scored on every possession uh, in the second half. The Eagles just could not get off the field. They did exactly the opposite of what they did in the first half: control the time of possession. Josh, that time of possession was just nuts in the first half. They had Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, basically uh, for the first two quarters, and then after that. I mean, it was just Mahomes doing Mahomes things. The the Eagles' defense lost that game, and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City's offense went and won that game. I, how do you scheme that thing up to where each of those second-half passing touchdowns were that open? Wild. In the Super Bowl, each of those two plays to uh, – was it uh, – Sky Moore got the second – and was it was it Juju or was it Tony? I think it was Tony. It was Tony. Kader- yeah, Tony. K- Kadarius Tony had the had the first, and they're they're just absolutely absolutely wide open. Uh, Mahomes, by the way, after last night, Connor, he's eight one and one against the spread as an underdog. <laughs> Is that right? Eight one and one. Wow! Against the spread. So as you're saying an do underdog. not do not bet against Patrick Mahomes ever. The best winning percentage now after trailing by 10-plus since 1950. This is a minimum of 20 National Football League starts. Joe Montana won 37% of the time. Tom Brady, 37.8% of the time. Patrick Mahomes, 58.4% of the times that he and Kansas City trail by 10-plus 
he wins. That's the story it's last crazy. night. It's not a defensive holding penalty. It's Patrick Mahomes and his ability to engineer these comebacks. It's Kansas City's offense. And right here, I'm going to play one cut for you, Connor, okay? This was, this was obviously one of the big plays of the game. Pacheco's the running back. Tony comes in motion. Here comes pressure to the outside. As Mahomes steps up, he's going to scramble. He's at the 40, bad ankle, 30, bad ankle, 20. Tackled from behind down to the Eagle, 18-yard line, a 25-yard scramble. What bad ankle. He is limping back to the huddle. Don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. Well, and Fought it, through some pain. In a... <laughs> In, I wish we had the TV call there instead. That was a rare instance of Mitch Holtis not being altogether great on a call right there. The Mahomes ankle thing, sure. I, I think he was banged up. Obviously, he got tweaked toward the end of the first half. I think he was in relatively good physical shape personally. Now, again, we'll, we'll never know that. I don't know how much the high ankle sprain was legitimately bothering him at kickoff. And, you know, the re-aggravation in the first half, it, it didn't, honestly, it didn't look like a big factor, did it? No, it did not. Well, I saw it toward the end of the first half when looking at him on the bench. I mean, he just looked in pain. I, I was questioning his health and if he was ready to go in the second half. So I thought we were about to have a great Super Bowl just taken away from us because of the health of, or how would Patrick Mahomes be in the second half. But that was, he just fought through that pain and uh, made play after play. The reason I wanted to play that cut, Connor, was because of this. It's not too far that we're removed from Mahomes running for 500 yards, not of rushing yards, just of actual yards on the field in the last Super Bowl that he played in, okay? Running for his life. The Bucks route Kansas City. It was a terrible night for a Chiefs fan, right? Terrible night for Mahomes, Kansas City, everybody. It just... The injuries that they sustained along their offensive line to end that AFC Championship game that year meant that uh, Kansas City basically had no chance against a great Tampa Bay defense. And, and, oh, by the way, Tom Brady and his weapons were really, really good that night. Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl. It was an embarrassing night for Kansas City. What did the Chiefs do? They went out and retooled everything. So on one of the most important plays of the night, and really all night, the Eagles came into this game, Connor, and they had 70 sacks. 70 sacks. You know how many they had last night? Zero. None. And on that big run for Patrick Mahomes, and Mitch Holtis can call it bad ankle, bad ankle, bad ankle, that's Kansas City's offensive line yeah. winning the Chiefs the football game. Pretty impressive. That's one of the Eagles' top-notch uh, defensive lines that we've seen, the season that they put together. And for them to not have a sack and only, what, a few maybe hurries to the quarterback? Outside of that, I mean, the Kansas City offensive line was just, just fantastic. Well, and really, both offensive lines were great there in the game. There was one sack, I think, on both yeah, both sides. Uh, Philly, for the most part, was able to do just about whatever they wanted uh, offensively uh, in the game. Kansas City, a couple of stops here and there. I, you know, for anybody that wants to complain about the defensive holding call, too, are we, are we not going to talk about the defensive touchdown that got wiped off the board for Kansas City? How did that get called back? You don't think that was incomplete? No. You don't? Absolutely not. I thought it was, but... <laughs> the Goddard catch? Okay. Yeah. Borderline? There was a, I, there I, was I, a I few. Could, that... I could see where they thought the, the one foot was down. But trying to live in this world like there was one controversial call, 
is just it's it's a fabrication. That's not what happened last night in the game. Yeah, there was a few. I mean, I thought I thought it was a great officiating game till obviously the last that last play, the holding call, which I don't know it could have gone both ways. What's his name said in the post game that he did hold and that he was hoping they, yeah he was hoping they just let it ride. Which I'm sure there's. Uh... Some folks out there that do not agree with the man that committed the penalty and his opinion on said committed penalty. We've got all sorts of responses from you out there. Super Bowl 57's in the books. Kansas City, twice in the last four years now, has captured the Super Bowl crown. They are they are hoisting the Lombardi, and Patrick Mahomes has added to his legacy, and he's just getting started. So lots of Super Bowl reaction. Oh, man. We've got uh, – well, we've got – Good and bad, right, in the the realm of Sooner sports this weekend. So we can hit all of that, your reaction to the uh, weekend that was for the Sooners. Not just going to talk Super Bowl this morning. We'll uh, we'll let you guys drive this thing like always. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref opening timeout. Plank Show with Josh and Connor back with you in a moment. Hour number one of the Plank Show rolls on. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. A bunch of your responses out there flying in on the text line. Uh, Let's see here. From the 405. As a Cowboys fan, the Eagles should not have let their double-digit lead disappear. The better team won, and I was hoping for a tie. Sooner Gundy. The Chiefs scored on every possession in the second half. The Eagles' defense lost that game. The Eagles' defense was exposed. The level of quarterbacks they played this year was average at best. From the 5-1-2. Good morning, guys. Yes, it was a terrible call. Josh can't imagine how uh, can't imagine how you could call that in such a classic game. And really, that's I think the hang-up with most people, right? Well, yeah, people well, feel they were robbed of a great finish. Well, then they're more frustrated with the taking a couple knees and just getting in field goal range. Now that's what that's what sucks about the ending. How about Kansas City's decision to? Lay it down at the two yard line and, and try and salt away. They were, the rest yeah, of the they clock. were. They were. They were telling them to get in the end zone. In a uh, total pivot from Andy Reid's past, that's that's one thing here that really probably you know has gotten a little bit lost in translation. It's gotten overshadowed, obviously, by uh, the the defensive holding, but uh, a rare pivot for Andy Reid where clock management was was done appropriately. In unbelievable fashion, Kansas City decides to milk the clock and kick that field goal to basically leave no time for Philadelphia. Yeah, because what, the Eagles had one timeout left? They had one, and then they burnt it, and then by the time, obviously, the Kansas City kicked off, uh, you know, leading by three, they, they had none, and they had eight seconds with the the kickoff. And the, the Hurts running game in the second half was just non-existent to what we saw in the first half as well. Yeah, Kansas City did a, a little bit better job. A little bit better job with it. Eagles fan here, this is Brian in Tulsa. Congratulations to Kansas City and all their fans. We witnessed a great game last night. Future looks bright. Have a great day. Uh, Mustang Casey says uh, on the second potential Nick Bolton defensive touchdown, it wasn't a catch because he didn't make a football move. It's pretty simple, and, and that's where you're at with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a catch, but I mean, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, when you look at looked it, like, looked like he took a step forward to me and had it secured. But hey, look, they 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 wiped it, and it, it is what it is. But I will say, in the in the game that was last night, that's about the only call out there that uh, the call on the field didn't stand. By the way, 
Somehow that's the one that uh, got reversed. So take that for what it's we worth. Do have, we do have uh, Bama Tom waiting, by the way. Bama Tom wants to chime in. And then, uh, and then probably we shift gears to a little Oklahoma basketball. Bama Tom, good morning. Riverwind Casino hey, jackpot hey, line. What's up? Good morning. Hey, good morning. I think it's rigged. I didn't always, but as a lifelong Packer fan, the number of stupid calls that have gone Aaron Rodgers' way and advanced drives or games where my Packers should have lost, well, there wasn't hands to the face to Aaron, or they brushed by him and they called it. I could see where it could be defensive holding, but um, I would challenge you guys as media and journalists and investigators to really dive deep into it because it seems like we haven't had a blowout Super Bowl in maybe, I'd have to go look at all the scores, maybe more than 10 years. Broncos, Seahawks, so, Seahawks, right, Seahawks got them pretty right. good, but that was a while ago. Now you're right about right. that. And so if you're if you're the NFL and this game is worth trillions with advertising and betting and entertainment and Bucks, who's who, Bucks spanked yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, and so and so, um, I just would challenge you to look into it. I just the bad officiating at times, the way Philly dominated Kansas City, had the ball most of the game. The, the, I've never I've watched Jalen with Bama with OU. I've never seen him turn the ball over in such a clumsy way. It almost looked like he purposely did it. And so I I would I mean only God knows the truth. But I I don't think I don't think that he perfectly I'm, coughed I'm, it up. I'm, I'm, I think it was defended well, well by Nick Bolton and right. he coughed it up because of it. Right. If it's rigged, I'm sad. And anyway, I just would challenge you guys to critically look at some of these things. And I appreciate your. Your show and your caller so much. God bless you. I'm out. Bye bye. Well, if it's rigged, they rigged it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> Put it to you like that. I mean, he's right about having so many uh, good Super Bowl games recently. We're maybe just, maybe we're just 20. Good, we're just in a good stretch yeah. of games. I mean, it was just maybe 2019. Was it the Patriots and the Rams where was it, it was 13 to 3? Oh, so my not gosh. much going on in that Holy game. Holy smokes. Out, that was an awful Super Bowl. Outside of that, we've had some good ones. Bucks Chiefs was not, was not very good. Yeah. That was not good. Unless you're a Tom Brady or Bucks fan, then it was then it was great. But the game itself was not not a good uh, finish at all. Second half, not even close. Kansas City couldn't really do anything offensively. So uh, I, I would challenge that point just a little bit, just simply off that game not being very good. But you you had everything last night: a shootout, some great performances on the defensive side, a defensive touchdown for the Chiefs. I mean, you had it all. So do you want? Glass half full or glass half empty? Is this for basketball? This is in general. What, what would you <laughs> What would you like this morning? Oh man! Well, it was if we're start about if we're talking about the men's basketball. I mean, it was a really rough weekend in Norman, America. So what What is your official pick? Do you want half full to start, or do you want half empty? Where are you at? Uh. <laughs> I feel like I'm always on the half full, so give me give me some half empty. What was that? <laughs> what was that inside the inside the LNC? And wh- where is this basketball program right now? H- has this team have they officially pressed the off button on this season? You know they made a nice little run to start the second half, and then there just weren't any answers after that. And look, that's I think. Equal parts, Oklahoma's not good, and Kansas, of course, is the defending national champion, and 
you know, whether or not they're going to go win the NCAA tournament again is to be determined, and I wouldn't favor them in that regard, but guess what? They're one of the best teams in the Big 12, which is the nation's best conference. That being said, I mean, it's been a wipeout these, these last couple of games, and the most frustrating part to me when I say, has this team hit the off button, Connor, definitely both West Virginia and Kansas, right? I mean, think about this. This same Oklahoma team almost beat that Kansas team in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. Almost beat them there. They did beat West Virginia. Did beat West Virginia. And guess what? You got housed by both in round two. Baylor, you know, Baylor on the road. Would How would you rate Oklahoma's recent performance at Baylor last week? It wasn't terrible, right? Relative to expectation, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad, yeah. I just, I just hate moral victories. I saw a lot of that after the game. It wasn't a bad performance, but it was just the same thing over and over. Late in the game, when you need some guys to hit big-time shots, OU does not, and Baylor has dudes that they can hit those. And it wasn't 62-60, like round one, right? No. So both things can be true. It wasn't – well, out of the three, it was easily the best performance, right? West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas – and yet it does follow, though not to as pronounced a degree, but it follows the theme of round two against these opponents, not as good as round one. So what do you make from just that angle to it? Yeah, I mean, it's just gone completely south. I mean, it was, OU did play well in Lawrence against Kansas. They had a shot to win the game, dude. You're up by double digits late in the game, then Kansas comes back. And then what we saw Saturday wasn't a bad start to the game. OU's leading early in the first half, but they weren't hitting many shots. They kept it low scoring exactly what they wanted to do. But you could feel like once Kansas starts hitting some shots, we're we're going to be into some trouble. And you saw that late in the first half. They did a great job cutting it down to five points, though, in the second half. But after that, Kansas went on a huge run. And, dude, at the end of the day, OU just doesn't have the guys on the floor that can, that can score. It's just plain and simple. In case you missed it, 78-55 to 55 was the final inside the Lloyd Noble Center. Let's see, one, two, three, four Jayhawks in double figures. Kansas shot 55% in the game. They shot 50% from three. They only, they only took 10, but uh, they did shoot 50% there. Oklahoma, meanwhile, 35, uh, 35.7%. Amazingly, they shot the exact same percentage in the first half and the second half, and oh, by the way, for the game, <laughs> somehow. But uh, 35.7% shooting for Oklahoma, and oh, by the way, they couldn't buy one from deep either. Five assists, Josh. Five. Yeah, yeah five. And oh, by the way, I didn't even mention this. This is probably, you tell me, this might have been the biggest story of all, was they turned it over 24 times. Yeah. Dude, it is it's just yeah, it's just ugly basketball right now. You hate to see it for the guys in Porter Moser, but man, they gotta get something going. They've gotta get better in a hurry. And now the question becomes how how are you feeling about Porter Moser and this staff now going forward? Because I look, I I can't sugarcoat it for you. I see your tweets, I see some of your text, I see your thoughts out there. And the reality is the reality. Oklahoma's 12-13 and 13 overall. They are in the cellar now in a, look, a, a great Big 12, but 2-10 and 10 is 2-10. and 10. It's, it's one of the worst Oklahoma teams we've seen in, what, the last 
quarter century, the, the, maybe all time. Well, the year after the Final Four was just, I mean, if we're talking about that, that was just terrible. The Jordan Woodard uh, getting injured early in the year, and then it just went bad after that. First year of Kruger, I believe, and that final year of Capel, neither one were particularly good. But uh, now, now you're flirt, you're flirting with the last place finish because Texas Tech won on Saturday, so now you're tied uh, in the Big Twelve with the Red Raiders for last. It's tough right now, and I'm just curious wh- where is everybody at? I I genuinely believe that, it, but I do think it's time to get into the transfer portal immediately asap. This program needs bigs, Connor. I don't know where you get them from. But they need better bigs, and they need them in a hurry. They've got to get them. <laughs> they need multiple other guards, probably. We'll see about these uh, these two youngsters that they've signed in this class. The the swing guys and the guards that they're signing are blue chip talents, top yeah. one fifty guys. But they have got to get bigs. They've got to get them in a hurry. And the, the clock right now is simply ticking. Right? If there's no results next season, regardless of whether or not Porter is going to have an offer on the table with Notre Dame. I, at this rate, who knows if that's even a realistic possibility that he would get offered that Notre Dame job. It makes sense because of the Chicago ties and uh, a bunch of the reasons we've talked about. But if you're Notre Dame, are you paying $6 million in a buyout to bring Porter Moser in, who uh, I'll tabulate his combined record at Oklahoma up the past two seasons, but – I mean that's got to be a legitimate question that they're asking themselves now. Yeah, if they if they really want Porter uh, by now, I or, mean, if he, he, or if there's a different option, they yeah. prefer. I mean he's a, he's able to recruit and get some guys in. He's got two more top 100 kids, but obviously they're they're wing players, and this team needs size. And whether they go to the portal and get someone six eleven seven foot that can protect the paint, like who's that kid that kid that came off the bench for Kansas? That was it, U Day. That was averaging two points and two rebounds the whole season. Didn't play much. Uh, self threw him in the game, and what? He was just a complete mismatch because no one could no one could guard him down low. He was a plus twenty seven, by the way. Uday Ernest Uday yeah. Jr. Perfect four for four from the floor in seventeen minutes of floor time. You see that with like big athletic dudes who don't who aren't putting like big time stats throughout the year, but once they play OU and they see a team that's that doesn't have size. You saw that with Oklahoma State when Cisse uh, came in the game. He was able to have a have a good day against the Sooners, just how it is. Well, we can continue to drill down on this. It, it wasn't all bad. Sooner softball's perfect. So let's let's chat a little bit about that. We can share plenty of uh, post-game audio with you and all of your thoughts out there. Where are you at with uh, the men's basketball program? What needs fixed? How can they get this thing? I, I'm not even trying to say how can they get it turned around right now this season. It's entered, let's be real about it, lost season territory for Oklahoma. I wish it hadn't, but it feels like that's kind of where this thing has gone. So what needs fixed? How do they tweak it? How do they fix it? And then uh, what was your reaction to the Suter softball weekend that was? It's the Plank Show rolling along. Hour number one, Josh and Connor right here with you, home of Sooner fans. Connor, do you do you have an NFL team that you root for? I was with uh, I mean I was with Baker for 
the Browns, and I got away from that. So you didn't really grow up rooting for no. a specific NFL team. You're kind of – and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're sort of a, hey, where some of my favorite Sooners go, maybe yes. I'll latch on there a little bit. That's what, I, that's what I tend to do. I was Dallas Cowboys a little bit growing up, but uh, not anymore. Yeah, you, you hit, that on the, hit that on the head right there. I kind of just root on for – uh, the Sooners kind of across so, from each NFL team. So fair to say you you were pulling for Philly and Jalen last night, which I think is outside of our Dallas fans. I think most – I mean, Sooner fans were pulling for Jalen, right? Easy guy to root for. He played great. Right. Played great last night. The, the reason I ask these questions, the Super Bowl and listeners out there that have had their team – play in the Super Bowl, right? Grew up as a lifelong fan of insert team or that haven't seen their their team play in the game. First of all, what a treat, right? To get to watch your team play in the Super Bowl. It's uh it's special. But for those that have been a part of watching their team play in the Super Bowl, it takes on the the game's different, right? Like the Super Bowl party, you've got you know, it's like Oklahoma playing in a college football yeah. playoff game or a very, very national intense. It's very intense. The I guess what I'm getting at here, the production of the game itself, right? The Super Bowl ads are always a big talking point, right? You're less dialed in to those. The halftime performance, I was so grumpy, dude. So I watched the game last night at my mom and dad's house, okay? My girlfriend was there. My One of my two brothers brothers was there. And at halftime, I'm ticked off, okay? The Chiefs are losing by 10, not feeling great about it. You don't want any Rihanna. Okay, well, and and my girlfriend says, well, because there's, like, some laundry going on. I was at my parents' house. They live in the neighborhood. I had to drive back to our house to, to move some laundry over, right? And my girlfriend says to me, you don't want to stick around and watch the half?" I said, I don't give a rip about the halftime show. But I did, in fact, believe it or not, I it would – Halftime was so long, and our houses are so close. I went back to my house, back to uh, my parents' house. I missed none of the halftime show with Rihanna. I thought she was great. What did you think did, of the halftime performance? That's what I was about to go to. Did everyone hate the halftime show with Rihanna? That's all I'm seeing is just negative comments. I thought she was great. I thought she was awesome, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's one of the best ones. I mean, I'd probably say last year was better than this, but I thought, last Rihanna, year I thought, great. Yeah, I thought Rihanna did a great job, and she shows that uh, she still got it while pregnant. I, I know, and how about that? <laughs> News dropping afterwards. <laughs> that was pretty wild. Wild pregnant. And look, I, I'm certainly not qualified to <laughs> dissect entertainment performances of the uh, musical genres out there. I thought halfway through it, but this is my... I'm not qualified to judge, and yet I'm, I'm still going to offer an opinion here, okay? I did think halfway through... It sounded a little bit like she was maybe a little out of breath throughout some of uh, some of her her lyrics there, and that makes sense. That oh my gosh, she's doing the performance while she's pregnant again. I, I look, I thought she was great, and I thought it was a, a cool performance. But all of this is to say, I got no clue about the ads. I mean, I'm I'm pacing <laughs> back and forth through the house. So people today that want to be like, hey, which advertisement was? <laughs> I got no clue. And if you've if you've, as a fan, watched your team play in the Super Bowl, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That the halftime show, you're a little bit tuned out from the commercials themselves. Yeah, you 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 pay attention to a couple, but generally speaking, dude, my anxiety, my nerves for, as a fan are sky high. I'm not paying attention to the commercials, so 
I don't have a ton of the cat, thoughts on yeah, those. I mean, the, the Caddyshack one was pretty good, I thought. Breaking Bad was also involved in there. And uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck for that Dunkin' Donuts was pretty clever, too. Pretty good stuff. We do have some – you want to get to Sean? Let's do. Yeah, enough of, of, enough of these shenanigans. Let's talk to the people. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Josh, and congratulations to you. And, again, you also encompassed what is so bothersome as Chiefs fan mansplains about how to watch the Super Bowl if your team's not in it. So – uh, but anyway, if you'd like more uh, lessons on how to enjoy the Super Bowl when uh, your team I, is playing in the game, I, I have, I've got three experiences, I, three experiences I of those. Under, I I understand, and it has been a uh, whirlwind of letting the Chiefs dictate, Chiefs fans dictate <laughs> who is worthy and uh, how to watch. So no, I'm happy for you though. Um, two things, real quick: uh, one on the Super Bowl, and then one on Moser. First on the Super Bowl. I understand people – I understand the conspiracy theory of it being scripted. I do not believe it is. Sports is the only thing on television that isn't scripted, so that does make it stand out. And I see why people would buy into some of these conspiracy theories. The problem the NFL has, in my opinion, is – it lends it. It's a very formulaic product, especially at the end. And I, I don't know if that's because of the two-minute warning, or but the end of a game is very predictable, much more so than even the college game. And I don't really know why, but I, it's it's not scripted. It's just over officiated, and it's over officiated in a slant towards the offense, which is what they've wanted. So to a degree, the NFL has manipulated the game. But uh, to say that there's too many moving parts and too many people where you could quote-unquote fix an outcome or a game on the level people are talking about, I do not believe that. And I hope I'm one day not proven wrong. But I don't think that it's predetermined. But it does have an issue with officiating determining outcomes there's no doubt about that pass interference is a play it's not just a penalty so but i don't think anything is scripted like uh what we're what people are uh putting out there i I don't see i don't see how you can do that was it the was it the first i think it was the second score for Philly that they had the deep pass. And I, I, was it Devontae or AJ that came down with it? Neither here nor there, right? That's basically <laughs> just putting Kansas City in that spot. First of all, they caught it for the touchdown pass. But secondly, there's a good chance that was going to be pass interference if he didn't on McDuffie, right? Or right. you put him in that right. situation. And that's kind of just where we're at with the, the game a lot of times. And, it, and it's just it's how it broke out the last two weeks. You know, you get the – Grounding call on Burroughs, you don't get it on Mahomes. You get the the hold there at the end. It just is what it is. But I mean, it was it was bad timing on that call. But I, again, I do not think professional sports is scripted to get a certain outcome. Because what would they care? Who? Why would the NFL care who won? That's a great story if Jalen Hurts wins. Correct, and it's a great story if. Mahomes wins and Reed wins, you know, and all that. So it is what it is. It's it's unfortunate that we have to listen to Mahomes' family going forward, but you know it is what it is. But anyway, 
But congratulations to your Chiefs. On Moser, real quick, I really like Porter Moser. I think the guy is a great coach. If you want to get mad at him, ultimately the player personnel falls upon him, and that's his, that's ultimately his responsibility. I, and I and more the, so, would you agree with this, Sean? More so in year two than year one. I, I'm willing to say sure, that sure. it's not like <laughs> – it's not like Porter Moser was left a, a full house here or a royal flush. Uh, yeah, if, if you want to be blaming somebody, you can go back to, and I hate to say this because I love this guy, you can bring Kruger. I mean, and by the way, Capel's last two years were a disaster, I think even worse than this. Yeah, they, they, and but, the league wasn't as good. Well, and that's when, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the excuse that OU's bad – because the league is good, I am tired of that. No, no, that and, and look, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if we're going to no, compare, if we're going to compare which teams were worse than the other, this team might actually get a little bit of a leg up because I do think the league is right. a little bit better. But I hear you. Right. I mean, that's but, not an excuse for two and ten. But I don't think. I, I think Moser is the guy. I think what we've run into, much like a player, I think coaches kind of can be the same way. If you go from non-Power 5 to a Power 5, it's a different animal night in and night out. And you're not going to be able to get a bunch of guys from eastern Washington and Nevada and, and win these and win. You've got to go get power. If you're going to get transfers, you've got to get Power 5 transfers, and you've got to then recruit, which he's done. He's got two top 100 kids coming, so... I'm. A, I still support Porter. I think. I think it would be. I think it would be bad if he were not here. But at the same time, ultimately, it is his responsibility because of who your what your roster is. And so, I don't know where you go on this thing. I. Uh, I certainly do not think him leaving is the answer at this time. However, so that's just my two cents on it. But anyway, I thanks Josh. Appreciate it. And in all seriousness, congratulations. Appreciate thanks. it, buddy. Thanks, have a have a nice morning. We'll do a break. We'll come back. Wrap up our hour number one. Next, it's the Plank Show right here on the Ref. Van Hoos Fence brings us hour number one. That is vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby. It's the Plank Show. Real quick before the top of the hour, let's squeeze True in so he doesn't have to wait. True Sooner, good morning. What's uh, What's on your mind? What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? Oh, I was just uh, thinking about the softball team this weekend. I uh, I know we need to of... we need to shift the focus to more positive items. Well, yeah, and it's just like these people are coming after the softball team. I mean, I've I've read several things that are like, oh, this is going to be a long season. You know, they're not doing what they did last year. Oh, I've got I've got none of those feelings. <clears throat> yeah, if, if anybody thinks this team was going to just Pick right up with run rules. I mean, they, 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 you know, they, they lost arguably maybe the greatest softball player in the history of the game, for sure one of the best. And you got new players coming in. You got new pitchers on the pitching staff. You know, they still. By the way, they still beat three top fifteen teams this weekend. I mean, I just I don't understand the. You know, they've from, set the bar so high, true, that I know, but five and zero. Oh, is not, you know what I mean? There's, 
I, and I think it's a small faction, by the way, but there's going to be a faction that says what's wrong because they've set that bar so high. Right. It's just amazing, though, you know, these, I, you know, Washington is a good team. I mean, a real good team. You know, Absolutely, and, and they are. Duke's a good team. Liberty, Duke's let's see about team. Liberty. Liberty might be a good team. We're, we're going to find out. But, but, you know, the key, the key thing was they still pulled out the wins. They still, you know, I mean, they, they had what? They had a couple of run rules in there. So, you know, I just excuse me. I'm just, I'm just shot. Yeah, I'm Stanford and San Jose State, they did. Yeah. So, you know, the, your Chiefs. I mean, man, I, you know, I, I hate to see them win. Obviously, I, I, I understand. Man. I can imagine if the rules were reversed. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but you know, I mean, you've got you got a couple of characters that are fun to watch now, and, and uh, you know, it's good for the NFL. Well, and it, I'm just so. happy they did it when nobody picked them, just like Travis Kelsey said. True. Hey, we got to run, buddy. Appreciate All the right, call. Man. Be careful, man. All right, be good. See you, buddy. That's it for hour number one. We roll on next. Let's talk a little softball in depth. Uh, it's the Plank Show, hour number two.